the Joe Momo Presents Calgary Leader Series. And we are live. Welcome to the podcast, James. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, you actually, your company actually won the Top 400 Canada's Top Growing Companies. Yeah. Uh, you're a force for goods, uh, certified B Corp. But before we jump into all of that, um, we have a really juicy backstory. I want to get to it. Um, so yeah, just tell us who James is. Yeah, I uh, born and raised Calgarian. Uh, always, always loved the city and uh, and so many cool things going on in the in the scene. And um, yeah, for me, I I get to uh, shepherd uh, what we call a, a a wonderful group of weirdos over at Righteous Gelato. So my official job title, I guess, is. Uh, custodian of culture and chief empowerment officer we've never really taken titles seriously i think that you know business should be fun and and so everything within it including uh the title of the guy uh the guy sort of at the top should be fun too and so that's kind of always been our approach so yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun and and uh just grateful to to get to do what i every day what i get to do what i do every day yeah absolutely I just want to take a step back. Uh, I'm always curious of fellow entrepreneur stories and kind of how 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 they got to where they are today. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, were you always into entrepreneurship? Were you um, always constantly selling stuff, or how how did you kind of fall into leadership and um, business and entrepreneurship in general? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of to decouple both of those things uh, in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, we grew up in, in Woodlands and a uh, single parent family, my dad and I, and we never really had a lot. And so at a very young age, I kind of started to understand uh, how how things worked. And I saw this kid shoveling, shoveling walks one day. And so I grabbed my dad's shovel and I went to the house next door and I said, will you pay me to shovel the snow? And they said, sure, how much? And I said, well, how much do you pay that kid? And they said, two bucks. And I said, I'm in. So... I, uh, at a very young age, started to understand, you know, if you, if you do hard work and you understand sort of how to, how to sell yourself for the quality of your work, uh, you can, you can make it anywhere. And so that's, that's kind of what started it. I, I had a few random things, you know, not so much other entrepreneurs, the lemonade stand stories. Um, but the fun one, uh, that I always kind of remind myself was, uh, I used to play in punk rock bands and I would go to shows and uh, I would consign the, the records and CDs of bands on tour and uh, and I'd mark them up about a dollar or two and try to try to just keep the thing alive. And, and that's really what got me into community uh, and kind of supporting others um, through, you know, being able to make a few bucks for sustainability purposes. Um, so that's kind of the, the entrepreneur thing. And, and I think it's it's fun because I love seeing um uh, colleagues of mine, you know, when their their kids are growing up, always ask, you know, have they have they started their first job or or have they got creative and found a way to make a few bucks? And it's crazy to hear the stories now because I just heard one the other day about a kid that plays video games on Twitch and gets paid, and I'm like, <laughs> man, the world is wild. <laughs> what a time to be <laughs> Yeah, totally. Do what you love at at like another level, and this is the the thing with the the gig economy and everything like you can, you can literally do anything and get paid these days, which is cool. Um, yeah. And then in terms of leadership, I think, 
if I look back in my life, uh, I've always been kind of a fierce competitor. And when I, um, I played on sports teams as a, as a kid, I, I think, you know, uh, I learned how to lose well and, and have a, you know, a fun, but fair competitive spirit. And, and so, so that kind of lends itself to, uh, the idea of, of leadership, which is, you know, kind of getting others to believe something's possible. And, uh, and so throughout my life, I've, I've sort of gravitated and, and, you know, I think the phrase is, uh, natural born leader. And I, I, I would say for myself, that's, that's really all, all it is. Um, you know, as the years have gone on, I've invested a lot and, and, uh, been a student of leadership and, and realized that, uh, for me specifically, it's, it's all summed up in, in sort of one phrase that we use at Righteous, which is, you know, create the company you want your dad to work for. And <laughs> when I, I look at that as a concept, it's, it's quite simple. You know, you treat people with a lot of dignity and respect and, and you do like sort of over the top fun things that sort of seem, uh, unorthodox for business. Um, but you know, it, it just comes back to like treating others the way you'd want to be treated. Um, and kind of, kind of cool, uh, on the dad thing, my dad's, uh, just celebrated his eight year anniversary with our company. And so it's, uh, you know, if you, if you want to ask me to put my money where my mouth is, I, I get to do it every day and, and he gets to be my biggest critic, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. And I think leadership is something that everybody uh, has in their life in, in one way, shape or form. It's just how much we embrace it. Absolutely. I love that. Um, one of the quotes I saw on your guys' website, um, tough times don't last, tough people do. I think that's uh, a mark of a good leader as well. Um, obviously, you're going to go through adversity. Um, and it's just how you adjust and adapt and really build that resilience to get through. And obviously, it's, it's no, it's no uh, secret there's been a pandemic and mm-hmm. um, kind of st- struggle through COVID and everybody's kind of re- reassessing and pivoting out of COVID. Um, for you personally, though, James, how have you been able to uh, manage uh, during the last uh, few months? Yeah, it's been been fun to unpack. Um, maybe fun's not the right word. You'll you'll realize over the next little bit. I'm an eternal optimist, so <laughs> um, uh, it's been interesting. Slash, uh, I, I find anything that like you get curious about to be fun. So that's why I said fun. I mean, living through a pandemic has not been fun. I'll say that. But anyways, <laughs> my team always always says, "Okay, bring it back, James." You're like going off on a tangent here, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say that looking at this time and, and period of time for us as an organization, it's fascinating to look back at our history uh, as a company and then also sort of my personal journey and realize that, you know, as you go through those tough times, like you said in that, that quote, um, you learn a lot about yourself and what you're capable of. And so that, that quote is in direct relation to um, when we had a fire at our headquarters uh, in back in 2015. And, and, you know, it's a, 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 a big story in itself, but, you know, during that time, I don't think that any of us really thought that we would overcome it. Um, if we were being, you know, frank about it, but the reality is, is that we were willing to sort of put one foot in front of the other and just, and then just kind of stay with it. And so in a weird way, when the pandemic started, we had been through that. We had been through some financial crises as an organization. Um, it was almost like we had this bookshelf and we could pull this, this playbook off 
off the shelf as as the pandemic emerged and really kind of go back to you know some simple things like what did we do last time we had an entire part of our business just fall off a cliff so uh, during the the flood of 2013 60 to 70 percent of our business was was lost overnight because all the restaurants they got flooded and so we we kind of knew that we could handle that and and what happened what was real for us on the pandemic side was you saw restaurants and cafes closing at at a rapid pace and then also the uncertainty of of our business in in grocery stores and then our events and cafe and all that all that stuff too so we just really uh, you know decoupled everything and really started to just look at each piece and and answer honestly what we could control uh and then the things that we couldn't and that that type of honesty going through difficult times is where i think you can start to understand where you're, you know, going to be. And, and it allows you to, to prompt yourself to have a level head. Um, and what we just knew is, you know, we were going to sort of steady the ship and be in control and uh, stay very connected to our fans. And, you know, the priority one, number one, I think for a lot of businesses um, was making sure everybody was safe. And so that was that was really it. And then as things started to materialize and we kind of were understanding what was happening, people were shopping less but buying more, and people were probably more inclined to you know treat themselves to something that's a bit more uh, of a luxury item and not an everyday purchase. Um, we just started to to focus our energy there and realize that you know the restaurant business nationally for us was was going to be extinct for for at least the time being. And I think one thing that, you know, I, as I look back and reflect that was really important, and this is, you know, you referenced the leadership marks. Um, one thing I, I am proud of is in those moments, I, I face it head on and, and I, I share with the entire team, like, don't worry, we're going to get through this. And whether I know that factually or just simply believe it, um, it's important for them to to understand that and and i'm glad that our team is the the, the trust level is high because that gives me the the platform to say hey we're going to get through this and everyone's like you know wipes the sweat off their brow and says phew and then uh and then we just we figure it out collectively instead of you know somebody just telling them how it's going to go and, and so that collaboration is an essential part of our our ability to see it through here well absolutely with the listeners listening that might be a little intimidated uh, with entrepreneurship and leadership, mm -hmm. uh, like you just mentioned, ups and downs and really adapting to your circumstances. Um, what's how, or how did you, or what best resources have helped you kind of along the way that you mentioned that you're eternal optimist, but how have you been able to develop that as a individual? Yeah. I mean, maybe quickly to, to, to touch on the topic, like, like you said, you know, if, if somebody's, exploring entrepreneurship or, or is just sort of embarked on the, on the lifelong journey of it. Um, to me, it's, it's sort of a, a simple question to ask yourself is, you know, if you, if you had to do this every hour of every day for the rest of your life, would you still do it? And for me, the answer is always a resounding yes. I joke that I would, I would do this job for free and for a long time I did. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the the first question to ask yourself. I think that we live in a society right now where there's there's a lot of excitement and energy around entrepreneurship and 
And I love that. Like, I think that's how the world gets better and, and improves, you know, the, the lives of, of those to come. Everything we love started because of someone's great idea. Right. And so I, I would start with that. And then I think the, um, tools that have really, there's probably three tools that I would really give credit to, to my ability to continue to grow and improve and learn. And so the first one is just have a, an insatiable thirst for knowledge. I, um, I probably Google, uh, a hundred things in a day that are simple questions. You know, it's like, what should I expect from this? Or how does this work? Or what's the best this for that? And so those, those are really sort of, you can find, you know, 10 articles in a, in a heartbeat and pick and choose what you want to use or not use. So that reading books, you know, listening to people's journeys, um, there's this amazing app called Masterclass, and you can learn everything from like cooking to training your dog to like Howard Schultz's story or Bob Iger from Disney. And I love it. It's so well done. Um, so just, just like not, not resting on it. I think that there's always something to learn. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's a big part of it. I think, uh, surrounding yourself with people that, that will challenge you has been a big one. So, um, as uh, many would share in in senior leader levels or, or entrepreneur levels, it's quite lonely because you commit a lot of your time to the process and less to your social life. And so you might have less friends, we'll say, but the quality of them should always go up. And I think that's been a, a huge part. I, I feel very proud that I'm, I'm often surrounded with, with people that I look up to or, or that are living their dreams and, and pushing hard to kind of get to the next level. Um, that's a big one. And then the, the third uh, resource uh, that is something I, I just recently sort of leaned in on is uh, formalized mentorship. And I think whether that's a coach or, um, or a peer group like EO or EOA or YPO for, for other folks, um, those types of things I think I took for granted early on because I was just bootstrapping, working so hard, didn't have an extra, you know, minute to spare. But now I look back and I almost challenge myself to say if I had been invested early in in peer mentorship or or mentorship, formalized mentorship, I probably could have expedited some of my learnings. Uh, and so there was an irony. I'm looking on the internet to find things all the time, but then not doing it in real life. And so, so that's it. And I think they all kind of come together in this, this, uh, wonderful bundle of, of, uh, just wanting to, to always be better. And, you know, it's not like better than someone else. It's just better than your, than yesterday for yourself. Absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that I have a sports background myself and I always remember coach saying, get 1% better every day and yeah. before you know it you're going to be miles ahead from where you started so totally I love it it's interesting you mentioned also uh, mentors uh, that's actually a topic of popular conversation on the podcast is how do you find a mentor how, how do you find that person that's really going to help shepherd your journey yeah I wish I had the silver bullet on that I don't uh, what I what I could share personally is um I, I have a tendency to put myself in a position 
where when I ask for something, it's easy for others to say yes to. And so I think, you know, we listeners at large or, or myself or you, you know, you to be able to ask somebody to give you their time, whether it's paid or free, it doesn't really matter. Um, it you They have to like you. And, and when I say that, it's not like they like how you walk and talk. They like like what you what you stand for. And so for me, I, I think that it's been um, putting myself in a position where, you know, the things or actions that I that I do day in and day out are things that, you know, folks that have 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 lived through, you know, more life than I have are excited about. And so, you know, it's like, you know, s- s- some comments might be for folks sometimes would be like, oh, you remind me of a younger version of myself or. I really love what you're doing and I wish I knew this back then. And I think that's where this, the switch flips for, for someone that, you know, would be a mentor is, you know, they, they're, they're generally going to be pressed for time and you got to really respect that. Uh, but for the right things, they'll give you all the time in the world. And so I think that, you know, the discovery of who those folks are and, and how you're surrounding yourself is, is, kind of the key to that, that mentor mentee relationship. Um, and I feel so blessed and, and fortunate that throughout my journey, I've, I've had some Goliaths that have just said, call me anytime. And, and when someone says that, and I need to know how to do things better, I do call. Um, and then I think the, the peer mentorship is one that's often understated. And that's where like a, a group like EO or, or um, even just an informal group, uh, can really benefit is, is no one has to be the expert. And I find that the more I share that I don't know the answer, the more people are, are like willing to teach me. And so there's this complex that is like, well, you got into it, you should know all this stuff and da, 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 da. And it's like, I mean, fake it till you make it as an expression, but I think it's, it's a life, like a, a life prophecy. Like we're never going to know everything and someone else probably knows more than us. And so if we look to our, our friends or our peers or the people we surround ourselves with, there's probably some simple uh, pieces of sage advice they can give to us. And so that's why I think it's equally as important to surround yourself with people that are going to challenge you and then are willing to like share with you maybe it, uh, how they see it. Absolutely. And speaking of um, great advice, one, one great piece of advice on the podcast was that entrepreneurship is about finding a problem and solving that problem. And to your point, you mentioned improving people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I really love your guys' product. It's definitely improved my life in terms of um, just a delicious product. But uh, let's maybe take a step back. And for the people who don't know that are listening, what is Righteous Gelato? And maybe what's something that um, you guys do that maybe consumers don't know about? Yeah, uh, I appreciate the, all those kind of words. That always gets me gets me pumped up. Um, yeah, and, and when you said improving people's lives, the, the actual mission is enriching people's lives uh, one tiny spoonful at a time. And the, the sort of the preface of that is, is in our constant pursuit for greatness, we're committed to enriching people's lives one tiny spoonful at a time. And why all of those words are so important is, uh, you know, Right just started out as, as this ice cream shop. And at that point for me, it was like, I'm going to serve coffee and gelato in Kensington, Calgary. And like, 
get people stoked, you know, like people work hard for their money. They want a good coffee. They want a good scoop of gelato. I'm going to make it better than expected for them. And then it morphed into what it is today, which is, you know, uh, the number one gelato brand in Canada. We're in 3000 retailers across the country. We've just entered the U S um, we're making a big push on Quebec this year too. We've got some cool stuff that we just launched like, uh, kombucha flavored gelato, which is like a kombucha fan's dream and our plant-based nut flavors that are killing it. And so, yeah, really, uh, we, we often say we're not a gelato company. You know, we, we truly are here to, to do great work in, in the communities we exist in. And some of those things that we're so proud of are, um, we're part of good food builders across Canada. And so during the pandemic, we, we put food uh, insecurity at the forefront and we donated so much gelato to, to food banks and help feed some people and raise some money. And, and uh, I just remember being a kid and getting a hamper from the Calgary Food Bank. And I know James was on your podcast not too long ago. Good, good guy's name, James. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but we used to literally go to the, the food bank. And I remember every time I got something that was like, you know, good, like a brand name, like Pizza Pops was probably one that I remember. I was so stoked. And now as a, a grown man, knowing that, I could be that in so many people's hampers is like, it's a dream, man. And so I, uh, bring it back to like, not, not a gelato company. Like we, we kind of fell into gelato. It just kind of happened. And, uh, and I just ran with it and got, got so excited about it and then honored the the commitment to the craft. I mean, anything Italian is generally made with, with such care and, and commitment and, for us, we, we knew that the, the gelato or representation of gelato in North America, uh, for the most part, wasn't, wasn't true. And so we've always been so steadfast in, in the quality of ingredients and in the process. And we know that, like you said, Joe, when, when somebody you know opens their freezer and, and they're sharing it with them, their friends or even just sneaking a scoop before they go to bed, uh, there's a smile there and there's, there's, there's this sense of of uh, value and gratitude and excitement and promise. And so I look at our products so much through that lens of if it doesn't bring that type of enthusiasm, like we're doing something wrong because we have that, that platform. And so that's really, really what we're about. I mean, there's so many cool parts and, and idiosyncrasies to the business and, and kind of how we approach business, which is very different than most companies. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just, you know, we want to be here a hundred years from now, like, like Patagonia and some of the great brands that have, have created a, a product, but stand for so much more. And, and, uh, you know, it's one day at a time. Absolutely. I love that. A treat that keeps giving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that you guys are, um, just obsessed about the consumer and really, the community just giving back um that's one of my favorite components of any brands uh, that i support um but for yourself james what's maybe the your favorite components of um a successful brand oh that's a big question i think that the number one most important part uh is simply that you stand for something greater than yourself and when I look at how this started to where it is today and where we're going, 
it's rarely about, you know, buy and sell. And it's about creating value, not only for the person that buys the product, but the whole, the whole cycle. So, you know, if you think about, you know, we have to deal with um, manufacturers and, and suppliers, and we have a supplier code of conduct that really uh, instills our value set in the equation. So along the way, we've been uh, commended by organizations we work with, like, hey, you made us better because you taught us about, you know, all the principles of B Corp or, or so on and so forth. And then when you get into how the product's made and, and our team and, and so many simple things, like my dad never really had any money. And I think it's because for so long he was paid, you know, what the employer determined was enough. And as soon as we found out about living wage, it was like, we're already there and we're going to, we're going to be champions of it. And so we're living wage leaders in, in our community. And, uh, and we do all kinds of fun things with the team and there's, you know, everything from, we're just revamping it, but like uh, unlimited vacation policy and, and really the idea is, you know, people are paid for their results, not their time and, and to give them the flexibility and autonomy and freedom to do great work and live the lives they want to is, is, you know, an inherent, uh, responsibility of mine, I think, uh, to create that type of environment and then just you know, everything within it, we do so many, so many fun, different things uh, that revolve around giving people the freedom and, and especially, uh, you know, young people um, that, that want to be a part of something pretty special. And so as, as this thing tries to determine those qualities, like you said, what, what really makes it, I think, again, it's, it's being so much bigger than just the, the product you sell or, or the customer you serve. It's, it's, you know, being a force for good, which is the B Corp line. And I think that, uh, I would, I would always kind of go back to, are you, are you building something that, you know, leaves it better than you found it? And that's on the wall in, in our HQ, which really is a testament to, you know, how you make decisions of, of waste removal or sustainability, or, uh, you know, we don't like to ever say we give back to the community because we didn't take anything. We're just giving to the community. We're investing. And, uh, cause you know, some, some, someone's got to do something to make sure tomorrow's good. And, and I think businesses are, are, are before government in that responsibility. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just thinking quite simply about, you know, how you do things in your normal life uh, and then, you know, translating those things into how you do things in business. And then, like you said about the customer obsession, it's like, we call them fans because I don't, customers sound so transactional. Um, but I think that, you know, a fan, it's like, uh, who are they talking about? Uh, MJ, I think. No, maybe it's magic. It was like, he would like sign autographs until the last fan got an autograph. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, like people are like, the guy's arms going to fall off like this like, three hours of autographs. But, but, you know, related back to just this simple concept of like, without any fans, I'm nobody. And, uh, and I love that. And that's why for us, like we take customer uh, feedback so seriously. If somebody's got a problem with their product, it wasn't, you know, better than expected. Like our team 
reaches out. Everybody in the company is made aware. We have a Slack channel that says QC alerts. Like it's no joke, man. Like we could write, we could write the book on that. And there's, there's a ton of great companies out there that, that honor it. Like the Zappos of the world, uh, rest in peace, Tony. Um, and, and yeah, like you, you just, you got to realize that without, without fans, you're, you're nobody. And that's how we feel about the fans in the community. Absolutely. And count me as one of your fans. <laughs> Thanks Joe. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I love, I love your guys' culture of just giving. Um, I'm a big proponent of just provide value and sometimes just has a funny way of making itself way, way back to you. So yes, um, also, I agree. And also your, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I used to say, do what's right and the money will come. And I think, you know, <laughs> A lot of money hasn't come, which is super cool. Uh, like it's not, it's not ever been about money, but you, you've got to trust in your heart if you make the right decisions and, you know, make sure that obviously your, your business has uh, sustainability built into it. Like you can't spend a dollar making something and sell it for 95 cents, you know? Uh, but if you do what's right, it, it'll come back to you. Like you said. Absolutely. That kind of takes me to one of the, one quote, it was from Disney. I think it was, I don't make movies to make money. I make money so I can make movies. And that's yes. how I see business. I just want to provide value as much as I can. Um, and this really provides um, my fans, quote unquote, with a great experience so that maybe one day it comes back to me and I could keep keep uh, doing that virtuous cycle. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Disney's, a, Disney's a, an amazing, there's, there's a centennial company some something that'll last hundreds of years you know i love yeah, it absolutely and speaking of fun culture actually i have a fun little question here for you sure. um, i always love asking this question because it's kind of maybe a little out of the box but um what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked <laughs> that is a good question <laughs> uh Uh, well, I'm, I'm such a, a, a fan of, of, of culture and I rarely get asked kind of who my heroes are or who I look up to or, 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 you know, where I learned or, or why I care so much about it. Um, which is interesting because it's, it's really sort of, it's a tell all on why we are who we are as righteous, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, as you can imagine, you could guess what the next my next question is going to be for your hero, James. <laughs> oh man, there's a few to list. Uh, I mentioned one earlier, and, and uh, if you listen closely, I got a bit choked up, so I'll try not to do it twice. Um, uh, in 2012, 2011, probably actually, I came across delivering happiness, and yeah, Zappos, Zappos is 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 the the Holy grail, like, like for s someone like Tony to decide that <laughs> selling shoes online <laughs> is the way to make the world a better place. is like all you ever need to hear. If you're never sure about what your brand <laughs> does or sells, if you're looking for purpose, like if you've got a mortgage company or you're like <laughs> doing whatever, like it's right there. And, and like, selling shoes online selling shoes period is like not a sexy business um, and it's not really needed or necessary but as soon as you embed uh, a great culture you know a, 
a customer centric uh, mission, uh, giving back, like honoring all the things you would want as, as a, as a consumer of your own brand. Um, and then just, just having a friggin' blast. Like the day I get to bring a llama to uh, right just <laughs> is the day I know I've won. Um, and it's such a shame that we lost Tony uh, last year. Uh, just just so, so tragic. Um, so so for sure, huge, huge hero. Uh, RB, uh, Richard uh, Branson from Virgin, just a guy that you you look up to who's created so many iconic uh, experience focused brands and challenged all the Goliaths and, and one most lost a few. There's a great story about him and Coke if you haven't read it. And, uh, and just a guy that, you know, has, has enjoyed every moment. Um, and so I, I look to that as, as such good inspiration. And then I mentioned earlier, you know, when it comes to our commitment in the, in the, the product space, manufacturing, uh, and creating things that go into the world. Uh, Patagonia, Barnon is, is huge. And Yvonne Schwenard's book, Let My People Go Surfing, is, is absolutely where um, I got, you know, the we paid people for results, not for time. And, and let's give them the ability to go surfing or snowboarding or whatever they want to do when, when the conditions are good and, and leave them the flexibility, freedom, and, and empowerment to, to get the job done when it needs to get done. So those are, those are probably my three. I mean, I could go all day, Seth Godin. Uh, I mean, Patty and Reed at Netflix have written, written the code on culture. There's just, there's so many good companies out there, which is why it always shocks me that so many are still so bad, <laughs> like, like embarrassingly bad. Like they got stuck in a time machine that never moved and their customer service, whether it's return policies or, or customer support or whatever. I'm just like, holy moly, like it's crazy, man. So, but that's what makes great, great ones stand out. So. Absolutely. And righteous is definitely one of those great ones. And I really do appreciate you sharing. Um, I think that just shows uh, who your heroes are is a telling, telling of your character. And I, all those people you named are amazing entrepreneurs and leaders themselves. So thank you. Thank you. I only have a couple more questions here for you, uh, James. Um, One of which uh, you've been a leader in the community for, for a while now uh, in Calgary here. Uh, I'm just curious from your perspective, how has Calgary changed from when you first started uh, to now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, especially sort of timely right now. I think that, uh, um, when you're young and naive, you sort of look at things in, in a, they're like a time capsule, like they'll never change. And, and it can be good or bad. Um, again, being an internal optimist, it, it's, it's somewhat positive. Uh, and I'm just recalling a, a message my dad shared with me that kind of provides some context. But when I was young, one of his childhood friends had, had passed away when they were older. And so my dad was sharing this and I said, Oh, I don't think any of my friends will ever die. And my, when I was eight years old or something like that, my dad's like, no, it, it'll happen. Like, you know, you can't predict the future, but it happens to everybody. And so I, I think about as I grew up and, and we've all had had someone we love pass away either tragically or, or, or somewhat expected. But you learn that, you know, things happen, life happens, change happens. And, 
and you got to just sort of uh, again move with it in a way that you are um, learning and living and appreciating and, and I think you know before COVID started I literally would say often like we're so lucky and like tomorrow's never promised and it's never been more true uh, than you know every day that COVID is, is uh, upon us so I think when I look at, at Calgary and the evolution, um, you know, we, we invested uh, really early in this idea that we were, you know, born and raised here forever. Um, and then as we started to grow, we realized that was probably like not the, great, the best decision from, from a business standpoint. When you go to, you know, attract talent in the industry we're in, uh, most of it's oil and gas in Calgary. And so it's a bit more difficult. So end up with a lot of people with a mixed bag of degrees that never have worked for a consumer packaged goods business or in manufacturing. Um, but we, we all learn together. Uh, so it's, it's been interesting from that perspective. And then when I look at, uh, the, the small business scene, um, you know, I look at, we'll call them graduates, uh, not unlike ourselves, but like the, the village breweries of the world, or I even look further back to, to the big rocks or, or companies that, uh, you know, stake the claim as, as born and raised in Calgary and, and have done some, some amazing work either nationally, internationally, or globally. I can think about Dirt and, and now Mogan's new business. I think it's called Falk. But there's some pretty cool companies that either got their start uh, or uh, still exist in Calgary. And a little fun fact, I don't know if everybody knows, but Herschel, uh, Jamie and London. I don't know if it officially started in Calgary, but Jamie was was a Calgary Calgarian, and I I I always wish they were still from Calgary. But again, with the, the way that business works, they needed to be closer to the water for it to make sense. Um, and so the evolution, I think, is is interesting. You've got so many cool brands and and great products, like the local laundry dudes are doing wicked stuff, and you know their 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 predecessor camp brand goods. They've done amazing work and. Like I said about Village, you know, all the up and comers or or guys that are 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 killing it out of the gate, like Annex or or Born Colorado Brewing, and I mean on the coffee scene, there's just so much good stuff. And now you've got things like uh, Lauren Vaughn and and her business uh, in terms of you know rethinking the the upcycling of of women's apparel. And so I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff and and platform with Terry. Like there's the tech business is about to sort of launch here. So I think the cool thing that I love the most is that uh, someone said it a long time ago, and I'm sure you know someone's gonna listen and say, "Oh, it was this guy or girl." Um, but it, it was like Calgary is a city where where people are believers and they they get it done. And I think that's been such a great spirit of our city is that people are, are not uh, shying away from it uh, and more sort of leaning into it. And then, you know, um, kind of fingers crossed, hoping it works out and, and working really hard at it and, uh, and great things sort of come, come out of that. So I think that's the thing I love the most. I think the thing that I, I sometimes wish was better um, and this is why I said sort of timely for us is uh, I wish there was, um, I have this expression, uh, it's called crabs in a bucket. And so uh, have you ever heard it before? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I always find it fascinating for anyone that hasn't heard it. It's, it's this uh, idea that 
you know, when a fisherman goes to collect crabs, he never has to bring a lid for the bucket. And people are like, well, why? Won't the crabs get out and run around the boat? It's like, no, as soon as you got two crabs in a bucket, as soon as one crab figures out how to get out of the bucket and succeed, the other crab pulls them back down. And I think that that is one thing that I always remind myself of in, in any community, but especially ours, is you've, we've got to be the ones pushing people to success. And I think far too often there is this scarcity mindset around success and whether that's the size of our city or, or fear of, of uh, failure for, for some folks. But um, I think the greatest thing we can do as a community is celebrate one another, support one another when things are tough um, or not going right for somebody, lift them up and, and care for them. Um, you know, during, during COVID, every time a, a business I knew got, got a scare or something happened, I just sent a message to, to one of the, the founders or owners and just said, Hey, like, I hope you're okay. Um, because I know how lonely it is in those moments. And, and for someone just to reach out and, and, and ask how you're doing, you know, goes a long way. And so I think that that's, that's really been something I wish we were better at as a community, uh, because I, uh, you know, when we started YYC Food Trucks, our, our tagline back in 2011 was collaboration is the new competition. And I've always felt that, you know, strength in numbers is, is the approach. Like, you know, no one, no one's sort of standing on their own and, and fending off all the small guys. Like we're all still small and could use all the support and, and uh, uh, friends and, and uh, pick-me-ups that we can we can give out. And so I think that's, that's one thing if I was going to share with the, the listeners is, uh, you know, pick up the phone or send a text or, or just reach out and, and, and celebrate uh, other businesses uh, and other colleagues that get, you know, are fighting the same, same battle of, of trying to, trying to build their dreams. Absolutely. No, I love that, James. I think maybe it's my eternal optimist popping out here, but I think, like you're saying, you don't have to have a scarcity mindset. There's an abundance for everybody. So mm-hmm. it's really lifting up your fellow neighbor. And um, especially during these times, it's, yes. it's trying times for everybody. But um, yeah, we're all Calgarians. We're all trying to do great things. And um, yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, just pick up the phone and um, call your neighbor and make sure they're okay. I think that's Oh, cool. man. I, 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 love the, I love that you share that sentiment. I mean, during the flood, man, that was, that was it. Like, that's what made, that, that's how we, we got through that was that the mayor, you know, got up at McMahon and said, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but grab a shovel in your boots and help your neighbor. And we turned the city around so fast after that. It was, it was so incredible. And so I, I know what it's like to live there. This is like that sort of been around long enough kind of idea. And, uh, and I, I really, really lean into that. And I, I hope to share that, that with others so that we can all, rising tides floats all boats right so absolutely no i love that james um yeah where, where can their listeners connect with you online if they have want to pick your brain or even uh, connect with you and um hear more stories yeah i um i've been playing it pretty low key these days uh i mean i go on on the ground once in a while just my my name james bocher and and share a few things that are kind of you know my personal life or, or messages i think people need to to hear that are about kindness or, or caring. Um, 
and so that's that's probably the the spot is is Instagram, uh, and then yeah, if if you're interacting with the brand at any time or or want to know more, it's it's pretty easy to catch me there, and then LinkedIn, pretty easy search. That's kind of you know I'm not in there a ton. I feel bad. I'll get a message and then reply, and and then like not be in there for like three four weeks. Um, but yeah, I I think you know sort of generally it's it's kind of through the brand and and. Uh, you can find us on, on all platforms, just righteous gelato. It's pretty simple. So absolutely. And I'm not supposed to ask this, but I'm tempted. What's the, what's your favorite flavor of righteous gelato? Oh, you, they, you can ask that all day long. Uh, I mean, they, this is like, uh, you ask a parent, their favorite kid, <laughs> no, I can't choose. And then they wait till they turn around and then point at one, um, raspberry lime, uh, undoubtedly very first, uh, flavor creation uh when i took over in 2009 i had this odwalla juice and uh it was uh, i don't know if you remember odwalla but uh it had a pomegranate lime and i just loved that juice every time i saw it i like i was buzzing so uh we had a raspberry sorbetto and i thought you know wouldn't it be cool if we just added some lime juice and kind of you know balance the recipe a bit and uh yeah to this day it's it's always in my freezer and lights out um, and a few ones along the way, blueberry basil, uh, you know, we had to, we had to put it to rest. People didn't love it as much as, as, as I did. It was kind of for the purists. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. As of late, the new kombucha flavors are, are unreal. Blueberry yuzu is kind of the, the, the new come up that I, I love or dairy free peanut butter and jam is, is a good, uh, ode to some of our history. So. That's awesome. And I implore, I implore all our listeners to check you guys out. Uh, you got delicious products. Um, and it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, James. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, you know, for, for anyone out there uh, listening to the podcast, if you just go to RighteousGelato.com slash dollar off, uh, I'll treat you to a little little discount on your next purchase. Uh, and uh, if you're sitting at home, uh, you know, fire, uh, fire in an online order, we throw all kinds of Easter eggs and goodies into our online orders. And we just launched our e-com during COVID and, and it's been been going off. And, and so I want more people to get to experience that. So check that out too. Awesome. I love it. And I'll, and I'll link that to the uh, description of the podcast. Awesome. And I love to end the podcast with the guest saying a question, a quote, or a story to end the interview. So my last question to you, James, is do you have a question, quote, or a story to leave the listeners remembering you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, the one that I said earlier today that I think is, is always important, um, is, uh, leave it better than you found it.